Today on Abounding Grace, we give attention to God's Word for young people. In short, they are to honor and obey their parents. But what does that look like practically? Stick around. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. With the enemy working overtime on our kids and an increasing measure of evil in their midst, we need desperately to turn to the solid ground of Scripture for guidance. And that's what we'll be doing today on Abounding Grace as Pastor Ed Taylor continues his Family Matters series. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians 6, and let's hear what the Lord has to say to our kids and us as parents. None of our homes are exactly what God would desire because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you may, you may see great improvement in your home than the one you grew up with. I, I mean, I know that's my heart's desire. Uh, my parents love me. They adop- I'm a product of adoption. They love me. They care for me. But man, my home was a rough home. It was hard to grow up in. And, and a lot of the reason it was hard to grow up in wasn't just my parents. It was me. I was a very rebellious, angry kid all the way until I got saved. And, and when anger and rebellion is mixed with drugs and alcohol, it just gets worse. And it was hard. And I know that when Marie and I, even though we started out on the wrong foot, we did everything backwards in the wrong way. I know that our attitude, and I'm sure you have the same attitude. You look back on your home, you go, oh, my mom made this mistake and made that mistake. And then when I'm a parent, I'm going to do it differently. And I'm sure you made that commitment. I'm going to do it differently. That's a great commitment to make. But you have to understand something. Even as you've chosen to do it differently, your kids are saying the same exact thing about you. It's like, oh, my parents, they love me, they care for me, but man, they did X, Y, and Z. And when I have my own kids, I'm not going to do it that way. You just got to be ready for that. You got to encourage that. You and I, we need to learn to be humble enough to admit our own mistakes and encourage our kids along the way. The best time to admit your own mistakes is now, not then. It's actually in the moment where you go around and you go, you know, will you please forgive me? Uh, That never occurred in my entire life in my home. But after I was born again, it happened a lot. Uh, I have very distinct memories uh, with all of my kids, but especially my older son, Eddie. I remember just a little, man, just such a soft personality getting down on my knees. I heard it in a Bible study somewhere. Man, if you blow with your kids, get down, look them in the eye, uh, hug them and ask them for forgiveness. I mean, imagine the power of love how God used that to say, you know what? I value you as a human being and created in the image of God. You're not my property. You're a special little boy, or in my case, I also had a daughter, two boys and a girl. You are special in the eyes of God. He loves you for who you are. Dad has blown it. Will you forgive me? There's just forgiveness and there's love and we move forward. That's needed in your homes, church. And it's needed now, not then. And yeah, you know, your kids are going to look back. Don't be offended when they go, you know, I wouldn't do it like you. That's okay. I'm sure in your decisions, your home is a little bit better than the home you came from. That's fantastic. And then don't you want your kids' homes to be a little bit better than what they grew up in? 
and it gets passed down. That's the godly heritage that we get to pass down to our children in our homes. Obedience is to take place in the Lord. This is such an important principle that you'll notice here at Calvary when we do baby dedications. When we do baby dedication, I mean, especially the little babies you hold, like I was holding one today. Just a little guy, wasn't even looking around, just kind of laughing, not even knowing I was there. I'm holding him. And, and when, when I have the privilege of dedicating that young man, I will hand that baby in a diaper that can't even say one word yet, a Bible. We will give him a Bible before he can even read it. And in that Bible will be a note from his pastor to him, not to the parents, but to him, about how much Jesus loves him, how much he desires to teach him and talk to him through the word. Why? Because even before that baby can read the Bible, I want to encourage him or her and their parents Read the Bible now. Like for those of you that even have a baby in the womb, start reading the Bible to that baby in the womb. That baby is just as much alive in your womb as he or she will be in just a few months. Read the Bible to them. Pray with them. Play music. Put one of your, you know, your Bose headphones right on your belly. <laughs> and get the Word of God into that kid. And I always, it's always a beautiful thing, you know, when the babies are here and they're delivered, that they can, some of them recognize my voice because they've heard it for nine months. And they can recognize the babies are alive. You, you bring a baby into your home, a child into your home, into the foster care system, you bring them to church. You teach them the word of God. You do whatever you can to get the word of God into their lives so that they will learn how much God loves them. And then today I can remind you as a kid, as a child, God loves you, has a beautiful plan for your life, even though it might be hard. And you know, parents in a Bible study like this are just like, yes, this is what my kids need to hear. They're disobedient. They need, listen to them right now. This is what I've been telling you all this time. And, and that's great that you're agreeing with me. It's great that you're tracking with me. I'm glad you are. So with that, I want to back up just a second and consider this. Is this message not only for your children, but it's also for you because you and I are children of our Heavenly Father. And I wonder how many of you need to take that step of obedience and honoring your Father in Heaven with your life. It's so much easier to tell someone else what to do. But how about you? Where's your walk with the Lord right now? Where are you in your relationship with God? Do you even have one? Perhaps today is the day where you finally surrender your life to Jesus in, in admission, in admission, where you come to the place where you just admit that you've sinned against a holy and a righteous God. We aren't looking for obedience in our children. Kids, we don't want you just to obey, just so you can obey, and we can tell everybody we have good kids. We're preparing you for the future. We're deciding, we have a responsibility. We acknowledge today, even as some of you are really looking forward to this day, but we acknowledge today that one day you will leave our house. Some of us, you know, we're, we're hoping it happens sooner than later, some of us now. You're going to leave. It's hard. We have to bring a baby home. We don't think, you know, in 20 years or so they're going to be launching off. But our responsibility is to launch you off. Our responsibility is to help you. Your responsibility is to cooperate with us and trust us. Your responsibility is to listen carefully. And even if mom and dad aren't really walking with the Lord right now, God wants you to walk with the Lord. He wants you to obey. And I know it puts you in an awkward place. I know it's hard if your parents aren't walking with the Lord. You know, it's just hard. Because if you do something, you'll get in trouble because they do have authority. And, and it is hard. You're right. But God is with you. 
And he will honor your choice to obey him and to do the right thing. Because that's what it says here. Why, why obey your parents? Because it's right. It's the right thing. And it reminded me of the principles, you know, now I've raised my kids into adulthood. It happened way faster than I thought. And then I remember these principles about obedience with them. A couple of things that God gave me. And one of them I taught my kids as they were growing up is, hey, look, you know, this world's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. You're going to face a lot of heartache and pain because the world is, is a harsh place. It's been touched and tainted by sin, and it's going to be hard. However, you have choices. And I picked this up from Greg Laurie, but I made it my own now. Greg Laurie said, you make your choices, but your choices make you. And so you want to be careful with your choices. And I would teach my kids, I would say, look, you would much rather have the consequences of obedience than the consequences of disobedience. It's going to be painful many times both ways. It's hard to obey God and it can be painful. And it's definitely hard to disobey God and suffer the consequences. So if you're ever in that tough spot and I'm not there to help you and you've got to make the decision, just listen. It is best if you obey and take the pain of obedience than the pain of disobedience. And it's true still to this day. As you choose the pathway of obedience, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But man, you would much rather have that than to suffer the consequences of disobedience. You want to have a pattern of your life that is toward the Lord. So children, kids, young people, you obey your parents in the Lord, not sinful direction. You know, I thought of something silly. You know, if your parents one day came home from work and said, okay, okay, today no more chicken. We're eating steak tonight. Let's go to Safeway. So you hop in the car with dad, you go to Safeway, you park in the parking lot, and he says, okay, Junior, this is what's going to happen. I want you to go in. The meat section's to the right in the corner. Get five packages of top sirloin and put them in your pants and come back to me. We're having steak tonight. You can tell your dad, no, I'm not going to break the law for you obviously. But, listen, if your dad says, goes up to your room and says, hey, Junior, clean up your room and get ready for bed, you can't cop some attitude. Oh, no, Dad, my spirit doesn't bear witness with that, you know. I'm going to do my own thing. You know, if, he, if you're in, your, in the home and he wants to, your dad or mom wants to limit your video games or wants to limit, you, you are in their room, you are under their roof. You are under the obligation to obey your mom and dad when it's not sin. A child, son or daughter, living under mom and dad's roof is to obey his parent in the Lord. If it's not God's heart, not God's word, you obey the Lord. And it sounds almost simple, almost too easy and simplistic, but our homes are spiritually powerful when there's mutual submission when wives are submitting to their husbands and respecting them, when husbands are loving their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for, and when the kids, the children, no matter the age, are obeying their parents, choosing the harder route. I know it's hard sometimes, but obedience is proper. Respect and obedience are the bedrocks of any solid home built upon the solid rock of Christ. You know what's not right? What's not right is rebellion. What's, what's not right is outright sin. What's not right is screaming and yelling at your parents and slamming the door and being in a way, living in such a way where, you know, because another thing I was teaching my kids along the way, I said, I know it'll be hard in this home. 
I know it will be, but the world's much harder. It's going to be hard in this home, but the world will be far. And listen, kids, listen to me. No matter your age, please listen to me. This is super, super important. The world in which you live is far less forgiving than the home in which you live in. The, home, the world in which you live is much more harsh and painful and quick. So, you know, right now you're getting away with screaming at your mom. You're getting away at cussing out your dad. You're getting away at lying and, and stealing. And you're getting away with, you know, you were supposed to go to bed, but you stay up all night. You seem to be getting away with that. And, and, and one day, though, you're going to leave the house and you're going to meet someone that's not going to let you get away with it. You're going to cuss somebody out and they're going to beat you up. You're going to be in a place where, you know, I can do whatever I want. I don't need to follow the law until there are flashing lights behind you. And the police officer, as kind, as gentle as he or she may be, is going to enforce the law in your life. And take it from me, when there is a mark on your permanent record, no matter what, your future employers will pay attention to it. And you will not get jobs because of your rebellion in the world. It will follow you until you meet the Lord. And you think you're getting away with something. You think, oh, you know, I can do it. I can do it in the home. The world, the world is far more difficult in most cases than the home in which you live. And the discipline that you're learning in the home is preparing you for the world so you will be a, you will be a contributor to society and not a taker. And it's not hard to watch the news today or to flip through Snapchat and TikTok to see the rebellion in this world. And you think, ah, oh, you know what? They're not paying a price. They're not paying a price. Indeed, they're paying great prices. The pain not only of separation, but a rebellion against God. It's the right thing to do. He, he takes you back to the Old Testament right there in verse 2. Did you notice? Back to the Ten Commandments. And he says, honor. Circle that word honor. You could write next to it, respect. Respect and honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment, he says, that it may be well with you and that you live long on the earth. The benefit of obedience is enjoying life. You know, living long on the earth can go two ways, can it? You can speak of quantity, like the amount of life, like, like it's a better to obey and do the right thing. You have a, a better chance of living long, but not just quantity, but quality. God, you'll enjoy life. You, don't, you know, it's not fun living in a house with rebellion, anger, screaming, yelling. It's just not fun. When you choose rebellion against your parents, do you think that's going to go well? Do you, do you really think that's going to get you where you want to go? And where do you really want to go? If you're a believer in Jesus, this is where you want to go. You want to enjoy God and enjoy others. Or, better put, you want to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and be able to love others. Do you think rebellion is really going to get you there? Do, do you think putting your foot down and commanding your own way and spending the rest of your life in your room, locked with the lock on the other side of the door, really going to get you where you want? Are you really happy? Are you really, like, and so this is what happens. You create that habit, and then you just get to the point where I'm out of here. You either run away or you choose a prodigal lifestyle. You separate yourself. You break the heart of your mom and dad every moment of every day while you're out doing your own thing with people you think that love you. As soon as you run out of stuff, they abandon you. Wouldn't it just be better to obey? Yeah, but I don't like it. Welcome to life. There's a lot of things we don't like. But for the sake of one another, my love for you, you know, that's the way of Jesus, isn't it? I make choices because I love you. 
I say no to things because I love you. I say yes to things because I love you. I think of others. If the Spirit of God is working in our lives, we think of others more highly than ourselves. And as hard as it is in your home right now, somewhere in all the turmoil is untouched and untapped love. And it may be hard for you to see it right now as a child. It may be hard for you to see it right now as a parent. But God's way is always the right way. Respect. Listen, parents, what this doesn't say is demand respect from your kids. How can you do that? You know, I can already hear the scenario. I'm the dad and you need to respect me. Okay. You think that's going to get respect? No, respect isn't demanded. Respect is earned. Because here's what parents do. This is what kids have to deal with. You got to kind of put yourself back into the shoes of being a kid, right? You're like, when you're in that realm of demanding respect, then you're in this realm. Do as I say, don't do as I do. You know, that might work when kids are one or two, but after that, they pretty much do what you do. And if they like what you say, they'll do it. If they don't like what you say, they won't do it. Like the kids bent toward away from God is the same bent you have. So it really requires you to walk in the spirit, requires me to walk in the spirit so that we can help our kids be in a right relationship with God. Because if they're in a right relationship with God, then he'll work things out with us. But it can't be. You can't demand respect. This is a decision. First they obey God and then they obey you. Obedience, there's a promise attached, the quality of life. And another thing about this word honor in verse 2 that I want to draw out before we enter in communion is the, the Hebrew word back in Exodus for honor is kabod. And some of you Bible students, you know that's a word that is used in, in a different way to describe glory or the glory of God. It speaks of the weightiness and the heaviness of God's presence, the power of God's presence. It's, it's the idea here, honor, to give weight to the person who's being honored. Right? And that's a child. Children here today, whatever your age, your responsibility is to honor and give weight to the role and position of your mom, your dad, your grandma, and grandpa. To love them and honor them for who they are. To value them. To honor them. It'll be well with you. And there might be times when parents are making interesting mistakes and confusing decisions. You just have to choose to walk with the Lord. Maybe they're struggling with this issue, that issue, maybe even making some wrong decisions along the way. They're accountable for their decisions. You're accountable for yours. And so sometimes you may have to make decisions that honor God while God's sorting it out with your parents. Best thing you can do for your parents in times like that is pray for them. I know it's confusing. I know you don't even know what's happening. It's hard. From a kid's perspective, they don't have the development. Our world is, you know, we, we've got this sense of, well, you know what? Once you get 18, you can launch off. But, you know, even at 18, kids are still developing and maturing. That doesn't make them automatically an adult. That's why the relationship needs to continue on all the way into to when, the, before, when the Lord comes back. It just changes, right? It just changes. But all of us are kids in one way or another. And the greatest gift we can give to our parents is to honor them, to respect them, and if needed, to obey them. It's especially necessary when you live under their roof. Under their roof is their rules. And if they're not sinful rules, that's what you agreed to. 
Because, you know, when you face in the world, I was just thinking, you know, thinking about not only meeting an officer, it's like, but like, you know, right now you borrowed some money from mom and you didn't pay her back. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, Chase Bank don't play that game. You borrow money from them, uh, they're going to ruin your credit score. They're going to force you into bankruptcy. And guess what? When you have a bad uh, credit score and culture, you can't even rent an apartment. You won't even be able to buy a car. You'll be, you'll be struggling. Life will be incredibly more difficult. Well, I'm not saying you can't live life, but it won't be so enjoyable. Instead of one job, you've got to get three. And then even of the three, you've got to have this, and you can't sleep, and then you can't, can't go to school. Like, man, take it from someone that started life backwards. It's harder and more difficult. And in many ways, it's kind of a trick question, isn't it? But in many ways, if I could go back and do things differently, I would have certainly made different choices. But, you know, I am who I am by the grace of God, so I've learned a lot through the pain, but it was hard. And you know what was most hard as I think back? It wasn't me working all these jobs, and it wasn't, it was hurting Marie. It was hurting her mom. It was hurting my parents. Thinking of all the grief I put teachers through, my neighbors, anybody that I came in contact with, when the easier path would be, you know what, just obey. Just obey. It's not that hard. Just listen and obey. Enjoy that relationship. And even if they make mistakes, well, you make mistakes too. So meet each other in grace and obey in the Lord. While primary emphasis was on young people today, that's God's word to all of us. Obey in the Lord. And this is Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor will be right back. Today, we've been airing a message titled, Kids Matter. If you'd like to hear this message again, visit our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can subscribe to the Abounding Grace podcast there too, AboundingGraceRadio.com. And we also offer an app, which is another great way to listen to Pastor Ed. Just search for Ed Taylor. Each month, we pick out a book that we think can really help your walk with the Lord and encourage you in the Lord. Here in November, it's Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. We all go through hard times, and the past year and a half have been rough for many of us living through a pandemic. And maybe you're wondering, why doesn't God do something about my suffering? Well, He has, He did, He is, and He will. Elizabeth explains, suffering is never for nothing. God is up to something in and through it all. Learn all about that as you read, Suffering is Never for Nothing. To get a copy for a donation of $25 or more, just call us at 877-30-GRACE. That number again is 877-30-GRACE. You can also order resources like this at calvaryco.store. Calvaryco.store. And we also want to remind you that we are listener-supported. Abounding Grace airs all across the nation on stations like this one. But in order to do this, we look to our listeners to help cover the costs. You can make a secure donation on our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Just click on Donate. Or if you'd rather call, here's the number, 877-30-GRACE. Now with this brief recap, here once again is Pastor Ed. Let me just say, by way of repetition... Whatever age you are, I know most little kiddos are down in the Sunday school, but children's ministry, but you are in middle school here, you're in high school, this is your church. Step up now. Don't wait till you get a certain age. Start to talk with your parents. Start praying with your parents. 
You see your parents in crisis, pray for them, pray with them, and begin to talk about, Dad, how can I be involved? How can I serve the Lord? Maybe God put something in your heart, you know, and you're like, oh, man, let's go feed the homeless. And you tell, talk to mom and dad, let's go feed the homeless. Oh, I don't want to feed the homeless. You know, no, you're too young. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Start praying that God would change your parents' hearts. Like you are a very powerful tool in your home. And if, just because you're frustrated right now, just because it's hard right now, let the frustration and the difficulty turn your eyes and heart toward the Lord. He knows what he's doing. You were born into that family, adopted in that family. You're in that family by the will of God. He knows what he's doing in your life. He's going to use it to fashion you, form you, make you into the young man, the young woman that he wants you to be. But this is your church now, this moment, not sometime in the future. So embrace it, live it out, share the gospel, be a believer now. You're not going to be a believer suddenly when you turn 18 And now you're an adult. No, you are today by the grace of God. Amen? We'll continue our Family Matters series the rest of this week on Abounding Grace. Tomorrow, Pastor Ed Taylor will talk to us parents and give us some hope and encouragement as we aim to raise our kids for Christ. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.